you open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to be reading verses 22 to 27. Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You've not bought me sweet cane and money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will remember your sins no more. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue together. Set forth your case that you may be proved right. Your first father sinned and your mediators transgressed against me. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. You're probably thinking, why are we reading this passage on Resurrection Sunday? It's because we've been in a series in the book of Isaiah where we have been talking about our God who is like no other. And as we see in this passage, our God is like no other. Look again at verse 25. He says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will remember your sins no more. All the other gods, they hold stuff against. You might have to go seek that God. They might require you to do things, but our God does something different. Our God is the one that initiates with us. But when he talks about transgressions, what does that mean? That means evil doing. That means deliberate rebellion. And rebellion against God is called sin. It's called sin. And oftentimes we don't talk about sin. We talk about the good news, but there is good news because there's bad news. And the bad news is, is when we sin, we are separated from God. A stain comes. It leaves a stain for us when we sin. It leaves a stain like this stain. Like when you get ink stained on your shirt, it's, it stains. What am I going to do? Because I'm walking around with the, the shame of this or the guilt of this or God sees this. What, what am I going to do? Because, because sin leaves a stain. Sin blots our character. And, and the, the stains that are here, though this looks like a massive train wreck of an accident with a pen that happened at my kitchen table late last night. This sin isn't here by accident. This stain isn't here by accident. It's because of the 
willful disobedience. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone, every person, everywhere in every age has rebelled against God. This this t-shirt is all of us. And And it's been a problem since early on in creation. If you look back at your Bibles, look back at your Bibles at verse 27. It says, your first father sinned. Adam sinned. God said one thing, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God did that for their protection. He wanted them to live in innocence and joy without the effects of sin and suffering. And they disobeyed. And they sinned against God and they ate of the tree and sin entered the world. And it's been in every generation since. And this, this is why God set up the sacrificial system that's in the Old Testament. I know sometimes it's hard to read through the Old Testament. You know, there's kind of difficult things. You're reading through the law and you're just like, man, why is all this there? Well, God provided a means to pay for this sin. There were various offerings and sacrifices that would have to be made, and they would have to be made repeatedly because people kept sinning. And one of them we find in Leviticus chapter 1. It says, he shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting, that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Atonement simply means that that God and man are brought together. So they were separate because of sin. God and man are brought together in personal relationship making them one again, Uh, no division between them. That's what atonement is. So this sacrificial system that God set up in the Old Testament was, was supposed to be a joyful act because there was this anticipation to come and to meet with God and to be reconciled to God. Through the sacrifices, atonement was made. Forgiveness was given. Fellowship with God was restored. But some of the people were... We're ignoring that. Look back at your Bibles at verse 22. It says, yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me. Doesn't that describe our day? Think about our day. People have stopped crying out to the Lord. Now it's not in vogue to do. It's, it's become less and less. You've seen the statistics And and even to the degree that people are weary. They're weary of hearing about God. They're even getting angry when people talk about praying. So what they were experiencing in that day, we're experiencing in our day. But here, what I want to ask you, does this describe you? Have you grown weary coming to the Lord. We don't have the sacrificial system because of what Christ has done on the cross. The sacrifice has, has been paid, but have you grown weary? Or are you just ignoring God because you want to hide something? Maybe you've been 
weary about God because he's, he's not, you feel like he's just telling you to not do stuff that you want to do. Maybe you're weary because life is hard and maybe your heart's grown cold, but God wants to remind us that it wasn't a burden. Look back at verse 23. Look, you have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. So back in this day, he, he didn't give all that to just be a burden. In our day, on this side of the cross, our gatherings together of believers, our, our disciplines of seeking the Lord and enjoying him and his word, they aren't being given to us to be some kind of burden that weighs us down all the time. They're not meant to be given as a burden. They are meant as a means of his grace. He didn't set up the system to burden. Rather, the system in the Old Testament was set up to open our eyes to our need for him. To open our eyes to the fact that we are unable to live up to his standard. Because as you read through the Old Testament, and you should, as hard as it can be sometimes, like we can't live up to that standard. That's When you feel that, you're like, man, this is exhausting. Yes, we can't live up to that standard. They needed forgiveness, and he wanted them to see that. We need forgiveness, and we need to see that because sin, sin leaves a stain. And our efforts to remove the stain don't work. We, we can't remove the stain with our efforts. Look at verse 24, you have not brought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. The people in this day were coming and they were actually just going through the motions thinking, you know, I can earn forgiveness. I, I can do that. If I do this thing, I'm going to get something from the God. I can, I can make this happen myself. That's what they thought that they were doing. And we can kind of do that ourselves, you know, because we got Tide Pens, right? And certainly if I have this, you know, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Might work with certain items or food items in your house. But when the stain is of sin, our efforts make no progress. They make no, they make no progress. Sometimes, you know, when we we're we're using we're using the marker of our our good things, like going out serving in the community. I want to do that. I want to, if I do that thing, then God's going to love me more. If I serve in that context, now we certainly should serve as the outflow of what Christ has done, but we can do those things because we think, well, God's going to love me more. We, we have this kind of attitude that's baked in our, in our flesh, this reciprocity. If, if I do something for God, he'll do something for me, you know, and I'm, I'm using the, using the marker. 
And it works. It motivates people to do stuff. Listen to this statistic. The disabled American veterans mail out requests for donations. You may have gotten these, right? Or other people, they mail them out. They, the appeal draws out public interest and they get about 19% response. So maybe 19% of the people of all the mailers, they will give to this organization. And other organizations do this too. But when the mailing includes personalized labels, because you've got these, you're like, I got some of those at home. I got a drawer full of those at home. The response rate drums, jumps up to 35%. It doubles. Because, because if, I, if I give something, I'm going to get something. It's, it's baked into our flesh. If I give something, I'm going to get something. We think we must give something to get something from God. Some of you are even here because you're, gonna, you're trying to get something. Some of you are here this morning, maybe because you're just like, well, I, I need to do that because for the Lord to love me or for my spouse to love me because she's been nagging me to get here. Or you're here because I'm doing this for my mom to love me. But there's nothing that we do. All, all the churchy things that we try to do, you know, we, we have the stain. And when, when we try to do the things to cover the stain, we're just taking, we're just taking these and we're just trying to, we're trying to cover it with all of our churchy things and all the, the good things that we do try to cover it, right? Serving, read my Bible some more. I'll memorize those verses. I couldn't put those on. Those will help to cover a little bit. Maybe do something kind for somebody. Maybe I'll make a meal for somebody. There's a problem when we think that's what we're going to do to cover They don't remove the stain. And the problem is, those all have our name on them. All those things have our name on them. Remember, our, our name comes with imperfection. All, all of those things, they're imperfect efforts what we need is the stain remover that's going to remove the stain and the stain the only thing that can remove this stain is blood it's blood from a perfect sacrifice from a perfect lamb when jesus went to the cross as we talked about on friday he paid the ultimate price. So the stain can only be removed by his blood because God is the one who has to remove the stain. God is the one that has to remove the stain. 
If you look back at your Bibles, we're going to read verse 25 again. It says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. He starts out with saying, I, I am he. There's only two people that refer to themselves as I am in the scriptures. One is God who says, I am, because he was at the beginning, he is always. But Jesus said this in John 14, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus is the one who's talked about who's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He is the great I am. He's the only one because he and the Father are one. The mystery of that, we don't have time to all get into. But when we hear, I am, we should not only think of our heavenly father, we should think of the son who blots your transgressions. When we think of blot, we can think of the stain happening, or we can think of trying to blot out the sin to remove it. But, but really, that word blot means to to destroy. You know, so if you have, anyone want to hold these? No one? No volunteers for this one. I see, I see some of you volunteering others. But this, this is what it means to blot. Yeah, they're not in there. You think I would have brought regular eggs? Because I would have to clean it up. It means to destroy. But even as I destroy this carton, there's still something left. But our Bibles talk about what it looks like when God blots it away. Keep your finger in your Bible. Turn to the next chapter, chapter 44, verse 22. It says this, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud. You ever try to catch a cloud? Can't happen. And your sins like a mist. When he blots out our transgressions, they are gone. It's, they, they're vaporized. Because on that cross, Jesus said these words. And this is when when that sin was blotted out, when that sin was destroyed, because he said, it is finished. And those words should resonate and ring in like, like louder than the bass that we feel when we play the music. When he says, it is finished, it should rock you to the core. Because he blots out the sins as if they were never there. And why does he do it? The text tells us back in verse 25, I, I am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake. Not because you come to the table with something, not because I come to the table with something, Yes, he has given us gifts. He's given each person in this room gifts to bring him glory. We should use them to bring him glory. But they, they are gifts from him. There's nothing in us. God didn't look down at us and say, oh man, there's something special there. 
No, because of his abundant mercy, he has given those gifts. And he looked upon us in our helpless estate. And for his sake, because of his mercy, he says this. Look back at the text. Blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Stop. Think about that for a minute. I will not remember. Not because he's getting old like me and just forgetting things. Like it took me like 20 minutes to find this notebook yesterday because it was sitting next to the Bible over there. Now, God doesn't lose his memory, but he does intentionally not remember those things that were paid on the cross of Christ. He doesn't say, I'm just not going to hold those against you, right? I'm, I know what you did, and I'm just not going to hold it against you. That's not what it says. It says, I will not remember your sins. If you think about maybe what that interaction with Satan might look like, and this is just, this is not a real thing. It's not in the Bible, but you know, Satan accuses. You feel it, right? When he's coming, saying, you stink, you did this, you did that. You know, he could go to God and he could be like, you, why do you love them? I mean, come on, you know what they did. And they even did it again on Wednesday. And then again on Friday. And just think about what they did right before church this morning. Why do you love them? God's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't remember those things. Hey, uh, Gabriel, uh, what, why don't you open the book? Why don't you check the book? Gabriel goes and he scans the book of those who have trusted in Jesus, and he looks down and he finds your name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Hey, there's no records in here. All I read is the perfect life of Jesus in here. That's what's read next to your name. That is grace. That is the gospel. The exchange that took place on the cross was the perfect life that Jesus lived was was given to our account. And the sinful life that we lived was given to his, which he fully and completely paid for. So friends, this is a wonderful, glorious truth. You should come to Christ. Come to Christ if you've never trusted in him. You can repent of your sins. All these things will be true for you. Come again. Like there's a, there's a blank check there. Got a text this morning from a friend. Hey, just remember, blank check. Jesus wrote, resurrection, check won't bounce. Because it is finished. So even if you struggle the Lord wants us to come to him afresh this morning and delight in what Christ has done, how he won the victory. I want to close our time by reading to you 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 5. You can turn there in your Bible if you want, but I'm just going to read it to you. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Kept in heaven, undefiled, unfading, no one's going to take it. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith. God's power is guarding you, not your efforts. It's God's power. So when you feel like you are driven and tossed by the wind, or you're just flailing and you don't, no, God's power is keeping you because nothing can snatch you out of his hand because of what Christ has done who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Friends, we celebrate the resurrection today because it's the guarantee that our transgressions have been blotted out and that our sins will be remembered no more. Let's pray. As we bow our heads, friends, be reminded of Christ, of what Christ has done. Father, we come to you this morning imperfect. Some of us come stained. We've tried so hard to remove the stain. Father, forgive us for our sin. Father, some of us come this morning not aware that we are, we, we have on us the unstained shirt. That's what you see. Lord, would you remind us afresh this morning that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And may we celebrate as we sing and leave here this morning that he is risen just as he said. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, why don't we stand and sing again of these glorious truths?